Welcome to the Deacon and the Doctor. I'm Deacon Bill. And I'm Dr. Rhonda. And I am a, an ordained deacon in the Catholic Church. Well, I'm a doctor of education. And the idea of the podcast is we're going to invite you to pull a chair up to the kitchen table and we're going to talk about real events. What's relevant? Yeah, and you might not agree with us or we might not agree with each other, but we're still going to have the conversation because, you know, it's hard. It's hard out here. And this is the deacon. And the doctor. Hey folks, uh, this is Deacon Bill here. Just a quick disclaimer. Know that the views expressed on Deacon and the Doctor are strictly Rhonda's and mine. They don't now, represent I can speak for myself. My views. <laughs> they don't represent the views of the Catholic Church or any church within the Catholic Church, right? And they definitely don't represent any education, no institution or uh, entity. Just my views. And the other thing that we'd love is we'd love to hear your views. And so you can reach us uh, on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, find us at Deacon underscore Doctor. Yes, Deacon underscore Doctor. And follow us and give us some likes on the things that we post that you find interesting or comment if you have something that you'd like to add. And we will be gladly discussing it on our future episodes. Thanks. So, Dr. Rhonda, I don't know if you saw it, but first episode of Falcon in the Winter Soldier right, came out. I, you know I saw it. I was right there next to you watching. Um, yes. Love having more MCU shows and content to watch. You know, the comic book geek in me. Yes, you Can are com- definitely a comic book geek. And you, you had some uh, issues with some of the things in the episode. Well, I thought the action scenes were great. Uh, they always go over the top on that. Um, there was one thing that gets brought out, though, with Sam Wilson that I thought was kind of interesting. Got Kind of differs a little bit from the comic books, but um, where, you know, they make it out like the Avengers. Like if you're on the team, right, you don't have any income. Like in the comic books, they do. They, they're well paid actually through Tony Stark's company. Like he has an endowment. Oh, so he, he he funds the Avengers. Yeah, basically, so, if if you're an active Avenger, you make a thousand dollars a week tax free. Okay, so my that day that we saw in this episode that he was doing something. Yeah, so in the episode, he's trying to get a loan for his family business. Yeah, and and the banker's like, okay, like he wants to take selfies with him because he's an Avenger, you know. Right. But then he's like, do Avengers make any money? And he's like, well, we saved the world. And he's like. Yeah, but that doesn't really pay. And loan denied. And he denies the loan. So let me ask you this Sam question, Wilson. Deacon yes. Bill. Yes. If if do you think if Captain America were applying for that loan, Sam Wilson his is sister, Captain America. I well, just want okay, to say this. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm talking about Steve Rogers. Okay, Steve Rogers. If the Steve, whites. The if, whites. If Captain Steve America. Rogers and his sister went to the bank to try to lift their boat, right? The company. Company out of yeah. out of. Like a fishing company, looks so like in Louisiana, who, right? Who's yeah. gonna? Who would he be funded? I don't know. I mean, no, don't say you don't know. Don't say you don't know. I, I do. If Captain America, show, Captain America, Steve Rogers showed up, he would have taken the pictures and said, "Oh, sure, here you go. Sign, sign on the dotted line." Yeah, that's possibly very true. I believe that's very possible. But I, but I've the, always said this. I think comic books and and I know these are shows and movies, right? But but the comic books they're based on, I think they do a very good job of really examining a lot of these social issues. I think Marvel does a better job than DC. DC is doesn't do as good job. A little but bit Marvel darker. comics. 
I think does a very good job of kind of presenting some real life yeah. issues with these characters. Not granted, I mean they're they're wearing fancy costumes and doing but all still, kinds of crazy as, stuff. But still, as as you said, I agree. I agree that you know there are a lot of social issues that are embedded within the comics, and and they're brought to the forefront. And, and, and major writers, I mean, uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates, um, you know, a very important, I think, social writer of today. Um, he spent time writing on both the Black Panther and the Steve Rogers version of Captain America yeah. uh, comic books. So I think you get, you get important writers, you get important issues. Again, geeking out, I know everyone's like, ah, oh, look at that. But, um, but, I, but I do think that's kind of what makes the comic books... You know, relevant. You know, right. Even so you that. you shared um, that there's there was a storyline. So in... even so, like you see this storyline, right? And um, in the comic book, Sam Wilson, uh, for a number of years, um, did was Captain America. Right. Right. But but they played it out along a very divided America, um, and they kind of presented um, the black man struggles. Right. But they but the the um, before. Trump was elected president. Uh-huh. They presented America that was very divided oh, along yeah. these lines, yeah. right? And so the the storyline plays out that um, even with the full backing of Steve Rogers and the full backing of of the government, that there's a sentiment of the American population um, that says, "Not my Captain America." Right. So right? their Captain America needs to be Steve Rogers, you know, the white, white guy, white blonde haired. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. So even before we saw these great divisions, mm-hmm. that storyline was actually playing out. Yeah. So so you know we are writers, people that that put these comics out. They're products of society, right? Yeah. Somebody saw that, you know, that line, and hey, you know, it, it's true. And and the the probably the more broader, more famous kind of um, I think kind of social look. Um, is found in the X Men. I think the X Men comic books since their beginning um, mm-hmm. in well, the seventies. That 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 was more towards uh, mutants and eliminating the mutants, right? That is is that the storyline? Well, the X Men are are these mutants right. who have these special powers, and and normal human beings are afraid of them because they're different. Right. So that's that's. But I'm saying, you know, the mutants are the thing that we don't we want to get rid of. Right. Right, but but what plays out in the X Men is you have the two major characters through from the beginning, Charles Xavier, uh, Professor X. He's the the leader of the X Men, and their arch enemy is Magneto. Right, right, and so you look at they were best friends, mm-hmm. and and they knew look we're mutants we're we're you know human beings are going to be afraid of us, and and Charles Xavier's response to that was. We have to try to work with, with them. human, right? You know, like right. Homo sapiens. They call them Homo sapiens and Homo superiors, right? But we have to try to work with regular human beings, right, to show them that we're just like them, right? And and we want to be part of them, and we'll and take what their Mag- hate. What was Magneto's? And Magneto's thing was like, no, we need if they're going to come after us, we need to take if over. If you're going to come do... after me, I'm coming after right. you. And right. And so let me let, but, but let's just real quick. Let me just finish the point. Okay. Because right? it was based. On Martin Luther King mm-hmm. and Malcolm, Malcolm X, X. Mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah. And, and so that's, that's what who I was, those two characters are based on. So that's but see, we didn't see um, Magneto's shift in thinking the way that we saw Malcolm X's shift in thinking 
about you know over the years o- over the so yes you I do I, see some of that I I um like there there's a storyline where Professor X goes away like everybody thinks he's dead mm-hmm. and Magneto's like. Well, I have to fill that void now. Like, so he did kind of fill in that. So that's and, and so yeah. it's great that the the comic books do it, but you know we can't seem to do it in Reality. everyday life. Right? You know why can't we, we struggle? Why can't we sit down and have conversations with people that don't agree with us that say not my president or not my this because it? it I mean, clearly I, I'm guilty of that because Donald Trump was not my president. <laughs> um, but, but he was the he was, he was elected the, president. He was the in president of the United States of America, but no, he wasn't my president. And and I, I certainly understand having individuals fill these positions, right? We were both military, obviously, and and the whole idea there was we support the office. Right. And that's and, that's what I'm not saying. Not the individual. Right. Right. And and it can get it can get really difficult when we try to separate our personal feelings of a of the person vice right. our loyalty so to the let's talk about something else that happened while um Donald Trump was president mm-hmm. in that like you know our friends that are in the navy navy had task force 1 initiatives talking about diversity and inclusion and, and those things well when um Trump issued the don't you know you can't do anything related to um basically said there was we're not doing anything to promote like the diverse diversity or whatnot whatever the executive executive order said um you know that ham that kind of hamstrings you you know things that are set in motion yeah with you know things trying protocol has to be followed because the commander chief just said x or y and now you you've essentially you you've for the step forward that may have been taken, you know, oh no, you got to freeze for until he gets out of office and that executive yeah. order is out and, of the way. And, and I know that, again, I don't agree with this stance, um, but the stance typically is speaking as a white man, I, I hear a lot from other white men, right? And and the whole philosophy is well, everybody has the same opportunity to succeed. Like you, you enlist but in we, the navy. But we've already established it. That that does not. Right. That's not truly there because the white man enlisted in the navy and marine corps is with other white men that are potentially giving you a, a pull a pull up. You know, you're gonna ducks 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 let ducks. You look you look right? at you look at your officer ranks and your services, you look at your senior officer ranks and your right. services, and you certainly see a lot of white men in those positions and to your point. And I know one of the things that the service is working on, I, I know in the Marine Corps they started this two years ago trying to 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 get to a better understanding. They stopped doing the pictures. Right. For promotion so, boards and things right, like things that. Like so that. it's it's a so I mean ultimately what needs to happen is we need to see a blind system, mm-hmm. right? You 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 know you don't even need to know my name. All you need to know is what my what my um, ratings are, yeah, and whether I'm qualified to either be in command or promote to that next level. That's all you really need to see. Yeah. And until we get to a place where even in the civilian sector, when we're hiring people and you you are truly looking at things blindly 
there's some sort of randomization in the way things are looked at and who's picked, you're not going to really equal even yeah. the playing field. You, you know who figured this out is the music industry. Uh, like these symphonies, you know, like we have. Oh yeah, the they do the blind, Sym- the blind Symphony, audition. But, but yeah, that's so, that's exactly right. But they found like minorities, women especially, women couldn't get any of these. Right, they weren't seats. getting they weren't getting any chairs on these orchestras and symphonies, and yes, yeah, so that 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 is that's where we need to go. But you know, that's hard to do. It's For hard to people. implement across the board, right? Yeah. And, and to your point, um, there's certainly a percentage of white men who want to keep white men in power, right? And right. so they, they move away from these initiatives. And if the white men have the money? Money speaks. Money money talks. And you know. they, what they say about that BS? It yeah, walks. Yeah, yeah. Well, with that, Deacon Bill, I think we're going to move on to our next segment. Speaking of money, let's move to our sponsor. If everybody will give a minute for Anchor.com. All right, so Deacon Bill got a school-related topic. You um, are the doctor of education, so. So tell me this, um, school resource officers. Mm-hmm. You know, we have we have school resource officers, and I mean, in the district that I work in is has over two hundred schools, the twentieth largest school district in the um, United States. Right. So, um, what do you think about school resource officers and what's going on? Like, there for me in our in my district, there the county executive did accept some. Recommendations to on some reform sure, actions, sure. and I know in the district that's south of us, um, there's there's some things. A house bill, you said. So yeah, so I I volunteer um, for the board of education in the that county. That's the county I grew up in, and you know we do quite a bit there. The um, the idea here is along the lines of defund the police. Um, the the county administrators that are sponsoring this bill at the state level um the first step that they're in favor of defunding police and the first step is defunding these school resource officers um that budget actually comes from the sheriff's budget not from the um, board of education's Mm -hmm. budget and uh look yeah I've, i've been in security my whole career um i think that it is valid from a community standpoint to have children interact in a positive way with police officers, with police right? officers I agree right? with which that. is what the goal of this program is well i mean i think that the problem is and i know from a from like the state board of education here in, in maryland um we've we've seen a shift like i know just in my time as an educator the shift has been towards decreasing the number of suspensions mm-hmm. decreasing the number of interactions where you have a child taken away in handcuffs. So if I'm trying to decrease suspensions and that school... Um, you mean suspensions or arrests? Like suspensions, uh, like I got to so, sit after school for an hour. But so still, still, so the, let me tell you how the school resource off, officer operates, right? So if we have, we have school-based security, mm-hmm. that is their role to intervene and t- take students but if a student like let's say we have a middle schooler and they're like no i'm gonna kill you Mm -hmm. right that's a threat right yes so if you call that school resource officer over 
the school resource officer's responsibility is to work towards de-escalating the situation. My problem with that is the school resource officer doesn't have any training in de-escalating those types of situations. Yeah, that's a police, mental health Police expert. training is not set up for that officer to be able to say, hey, and if I'm a person, I'm the person that's being threatened, oh, yeah, I want to press charges against that, that kid. And so now I started paperwork on this, let's say, 13, 14-year-old. They're in juvie. What, you know, and, and as an educator... Yeah. That shouldn't be, I shouldn't be involved in that, right? I shouldn't, I, I feel like, you know. But, but let, me, let me take that same situation from my point of view, okay? 13-year-old looks at another 13-year-old and says, I'm going to kill you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And we bring in a social worker or a mental health expert who's not assigned to the school, so we have to wait for them to get there. Right. Well, in some, oh, bit, in some me, cases, just, there are okay, people well, let's assigned, say they're assigned to the school. To the school. So and, if my and school psychologist worker, is there... And, and the social speak. worker comes out to speak to the 13-year-old. Right. And the 13-year-old goes, yeah, I said I was going to kill this person. Now that you're here to talk to me and de-escalate because you're the mental health expert, watch this. And they kill the individual. Because but, what the social worker is not trained to do is physically stop... Right. But I, I think that that's a little bit far-fetched, Bill. Like, you're not going to have... It doesn't happen? You, when has... When has some... Give me... When has a student killed other students well, in the school? yes. Like, the school shootings and things that have yeah. happened in schools? Yes. But I don't... I'm talking about this... In this instance... Well, like, let, let's go to that. If... If... if in Columbine, right? When the, where the kids plotted and went into the schools... They had told people, yes, but their their threats weren't taken seriously. seriously. Right, right. So what I'm saying is, if we get an inc- if we have an instant, because we're required to report now, like absolutely. So if 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 a student comes to me, but a student's not gonna typically a student's gonna go to another student and say something, sure. right? They're not gonna, social media. They're not gonna come it. to an adult. Yeah. So if if you see that type of uh, that type of um. But, thing on social media, then yes, but like in in reality, if I'm in the moment, I have a student who says I'm gonna kill you, yes. and I have a social worker like in my school school district, the security officer would be called. Yes, and if a if someone's there that can speak to the child, you know, there, and then that kid is potentially suspended because you made a threat against other people. You need. You know, but I don't know, like, after that, the level of interactions. Heck, I can tell you, a kid cursed me out in class and was like, I'm going to do this, that, and third to you. What I did, went to the office. Uh, principal, well, I told my good kids that were in that class, hey, I need y'all to write a little statement for me. Yeah. They wrote, they wrote statements for me about what they heard and saw. I took those statements. I wrote my statement. I took that to my administrator. And said, here's what happened. This kid can't come back into my classroom. Right. That kid didn't come back into my classroom. But that kid went into someone else's classroom. Right. Is that a safe space, safe space for them? And let me put another little nugget on there. This, this is supposed to be middle school. The kid was 16. Right. Absolutely. So. 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 And my, you know me. Thought- had that kid been back. And we didn't have. like, And when you talk about school resource officers, Bill. There are school resource officers that are that are dedicated to schools, but like 
My middle school didn't have someone that was in that school at all times. I had to, I would have to rely on a security person within the school. Right. You need yeah, that again, and that's a budgetary and personnel decision made by the sheriff's office, vice the and board of education, as it's currently funded. And another so I probably went off on a tangent, but like just to get back to the topic, what you asked, should we defund these school resource officers? I say to you this, if the school resource officer is interacting with students in a positive light and provide a positive interaction and, and show, you know, that potter, the way that we could positively work together, that's one thing. I see the school resource officer as a negative resource in most schools. How so? Because and, that's how the children perceive him based right. on their home environment. What no, no, told no, no. Because no, that's what I see a lot. When I, because I work with these school resource officers and talk to them, yeah. and a lot of them tell me they're like, "Look, this is all I do as the school." But when kids who don't know me come in and go, "Oh, you know, my mom told me not to talk to to play," or you know, my mom. So tells what? Me did, not to what did your you. school resource officers do? That that like what? What do they do? Tell me what they do. So on, on a regular basis, their mm-hmm. primary concern is safety of the students and, and protection from... Because the other piece to this, especially uh, not so much at the high school level, um, but the officers that are assigned at elementary and middle school level, mm-hmm. it's uh, protection from parents. Because w- a lot of what they have to deal with mm-hmm. is either the parent who's not authorized to pick the child up comes to pick the child up, which is illegal. The yeah. school cannot allow that child to leave with that parent, and dealing with that adult, yeah, uh, you so know, I especially could... an irate, irate man who comes in and bullies the the secretary in the office. So you, know, you assuming that manager. the secretary is a female? Is that your, uh, your male or female? Okay. Uh, what okay. I'm saying is, it's usually a a father coming in who's bullying. Well, who's I've ever seen at the both. I've desk. seen men and women come in and, and try to bully them way, their way into a school. And, and, whether, and, and, it's and then not they always... go past the office into the, the general population of the school. So right. now you have a, essentially an unauthorized adult but that, in the general population of children. All the schools that I have to go visit have a push button system to put that you you to have get to be in buzzed the front door. you have to be buzzed into the front door once you're yes. in the front door it's the office some that schools is have been that, retrofitted so that you have another layer of protection that. but there's from, a from there's a cost trading. to that yes yeah. yes i i agree it's, it's a secondary but, access so, point so my point is this you, you most you, elementary you, schools don't have that high schools high, have that well not and not all of them do but school but most re- elementary schools school don't have that resource officer What's the resource that this officer is providing? You say protection. I, and where I see the school resource officer being called and utilized primarily is in these instances where students or parents, as you say, get out of control and the students end up being put in the back of the police car. And so that's not a, that's not a positive I agree, thing but, but go back to, to your in. example. If a student threatens the life of another student, there has to be a consequence to this. We yeah. can't just make idle threats and then go on uh, to our I next mean, class. I agree. There needs to be consequences. People in general, we need consequences for our actions, yes. right? Yes. Yes. Because we see, we, there are a lot of instances that I won't go into that I think people 
haven't seen consequences for their actions, proper, appropriate consequences for their action. Right. But, um, yeah, I agree. We should have consequences for our actions and students should be held accountable. The problem is holding, holding people accountable and accountability is lacking. Right. And, and to your point, I agree. We need to reform these programs so that we have mental health professionals more engaged and mm-hmm. earlier. Right. I agree 100 percent. But the, and, and, I, and police officers will agree 100 yeah, percent as well. But they I see, shouldn't. Be I see the that being a, part, a partnership. Right. Yeah. So yes, not not yes. just me acting as if I were a, a social worker or if I were a school counselor. I'm not just working with you. I have some other if the school resource officer is that a resource, then that officer can come in and speak about things that they see potentially in, in communities that have caused some of the issues and how we could work together. I, th- I think that would be valuable, but hey. But we also need families to work. And this is, this is the largest thing that's lacking in my opinion. Families don't work with the schools anymore. No. We've lost that link. The no, link there's, between there's dis- families. There's disrespect for towards towards those authority. of us that are in yeah. whether whether it's not it's not authority. There's no respect for educators. That's right. where I see there a lack of respect authority. for educators. You right. expect me to just be a be a daggone babysitter, babysitter. Right. and I'm not a babysitter. Right. I didn't go to school to be a babysitter. I'm in behavioral specializations is not something that I can do it. But you know they don't want my type of behavior modification. Right. We expect teachers to be counselors, babysitters, uh, whatever, parents. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, there's a large percentage of of boys and girls who go through puberty, all of the the things, yeah. learning from their teacher, not from their parent. Right. On what the they're parents, supposed to do look, dealing with, with these believe. changes in their bodies. Trust and believe. Right? I mean, yes, I I full well understand I, all of that know. and know all of that as a middle school right. teacher having kids. That were, I'm like, mm, this joker needs some, some deodorant. Think just normal but just kind of personal things. hygiene yes, yes, and yes, things yes. like that. And it's like, man, like nobody's telling them. Let okay, let me have a conversation with you. Right. Hey, do you know you got a little bo and you know people it's making fun of you? A here's here's how social... we can. And that's not something I'm supposed to do. And right. technically, that's, oh, well, I violated that student's rights by telling them they need to put on some deodorant. But heck, my nose is not going to suffer for an hour on end because you didn't put on no deodorant today. Look, I'm going to buy you a bottle of Accents, a bottle of deodorant. Here you go. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Whatever you want to call it. Let, let's go. Uh, but but we also expect, I, I think, you know, like, again, these school resource officers, police officers in general. We expect them also to have these magical abilities of of a social solving, worker, yeah, solving psychiatrist, the problem, solving the problem, and, and then when things get physical, to then be like this, like we see on TV, right? Like these oh. superhuman kind of, you know, stop yeah. stop any, you know, with nobody getting hurt, like you know, like right, and that's, that's not, not reality. That's not reality, and I think that a lot of people don't necessarily see. And trust me, like, I don't know, like, I have a different perspective probably than a typical teacher would have because I don't have no problem with hitting you and your juggler so you can, you know, like, the, the kids now, were now, not, now. the kids were not getting, in, you know, I mean, but for real, like, I mean, you do what you need to do to, to survive, like, you, that survival instinct kicks in, and so... 
but that's not what we expect of our average teacher, right? We're not going to expect. I, and I, I don't, I don't do do any of that. But I'm just saying, like, if if stuff starts going down in, in said location, and I got to get out of it, you know, am, am I waiting on? First of all, school resource officers are there. You you waiting on security? Right. Security takes extra uh, an extra long time. If you see someone like as an educator, if I see a student potentially being harmed, I like contractually, I'm not supposed to stop it. Right. But if I don't stop it, then I'm witnessing it. And some parent said, decides, oh, well, I'm going to sue you because you didn't step in and my child got hurt. You but, know? but we saw it at our children's school. A teacher did step in and got and, fired and got fired because he tried to prevent a student from hurting another student. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's that's what I'm saying. It's a fine line that we walk as educators, as school resource officers as social workers, you know, yeah. guidance counselor, all of those. That's why I say we need to work together. T- together. And that to me is what's missing out of all of this. So I, again, I think the program should remain. I think reform, uh, include more mental health professionals in the program. I think all those things make a lot of sense, but I, I do think first and foremost, we need to find ways to engage the family. Yeah, whether it's Families a, are a grandparent, parent, uncle, whoever it is taking care of that yeah, child. Yeah, it is important to to get the parent, the the community involved. And I think I've talked to you before about community schools, but that's that'll be another. Because we've reached our time limit for today's topic, Doctor Rhonda. Yes. So we appreciate everybody tuning in. We will see you next week. All right.